The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. to do to save his life call his wife in nothing to say but what a day how's your boy been all right 402 nothing to do it's up to you i've got nothing to say but it's okay good morning good morning, good morning all right good morning it's four o'clock get up you lazy bums what are you doing sleeping come on it's friday it's the best day of the week it's football Friday. You are aware that this weekend, Tommy DeVito is playing football for the New York Giants. Are you not? Are you not aware? Do you not know the next great quarterback in the history of football is just beginning his journey and the next step takes place in New Orleans, ready to take on the world? That's what we hope. That's sure what we hope. And I open the show today as, or with, the death of Tommy Cutlets. Because I do believe one way or another, we have seen the end of Tommy Cutlets. We have seen the end of the Italian Jersey kid. We have seen the end of all the storylines. One way or another, it dies on Sunday. Because either he's awful, and they get beat, And this whirlwind comes to an end, or he's not. And he takes another step forward. That next step in the progression of going on the road. He's beaten bad teams. He beat a pretty decent team that the Lions couldn't beat and the Chiefs couldn't beat. He beat a pretty damn good team in his building. Now it's going on the road in a place that's very loud, very hostile. They still have aspirations of winning a miserable division, let alone making the playoffs. They're talking. They they have they have aspirations of playing a, a playoff game in that building. This is going to be a tough place to play against a defense that's top third in the league against a pass defense that's better than that. And if he can go into that building and play well and continue this winning streak for the New York Giants and set up what will be a glorious Christmas with the opportunity of possibly ruining the chances of the Eagles playing home playoff games and winning the NFC East. That's all we could have asked for when this season was 2-8 and eight and they went to DeVito and they went to Tommy Cutlets and we took a chance on him, to use one of my favorite phrases. And if he can go in there and he can do that and play well and win this game, Then we put aside the story. Then we're done with Tommy Cutlets. Then we're done with having fun with the nonsense with his agent, with his parents. Not that they're nonsense, but the big Tom story. Now it's about, oh, we have a quarterback here. Now it's about... How far can we push this? Because you know what? We've ta- I've heard Boomer talk about it. Uh, in the afternoon, Tiki talk about it. There's tape. There's tape on him. Right? I would still think, having put scored 10 points against New England, I would still think Green Bay came into the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium thinking, don't let Barkley beat us. 
I don't think DeVito was necessarily at the top of the game plan chart. But now, Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC, a storyline that I promise you, no defense wants to have continued on their backs. It is now a different animal for Tommy DeVito. And this game will be different. And he is going to have to play better. And he is going to have to do the same thing. Zero sacks, zero picks. Make the plays when they're there. Score touchdowns in the red zone. And if he does that, if he does that, now we're moving beyond the nice story. And we're talking about how far can we take this? Because the next game, that's the ultimate. There's no coming back from beating the Eagles. I I talked last show, and I've been open about the idea that this is the best thing that could happen for Daniel Jones, that winning these games and and getting further and further away from drafting a quarterback, no matter how great Tommy Cutlets plays, ultimately he'd rather be in a competition with him than he'd want to be in a competition with a top first-round pick. That's the That's a competition that Daniel Jones can't win. And whatever, however far behind the eight ball he starts with Tommy Cutlets, at least there's a chance. So for me, I understand the team's rallied around him. There's been a lot of love. There's been a lot of, you know, around the league chatter. And there's been some good football and some winning and maybe some questioning on whether or not Jones is the guy. Jones is sitting there with a contract thinking, I can beat out Tommy DeVito. He can't beat out Drake May. He can't beat out top-level first-round picks. Those guys are given opportunities. They don't have to earn them. They're given opportunities. But if you go beat Philadelphia in Philadelphia to win your fifth consecutive game and pull this season out of the fire, he becomes more than just Tommy Cutlets. He becomes the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. We are two steps away. It begins on Sunday. The death of Tommy Cutlets, the assertion of the next giant quarterback are two weeks away. 877-337-6666. We've also talked a lot about baseball. Otani was announced. The Dodgers are a superpower. I thought the Mets had a superpower owner. I thought the Yankees had a superpower uniform. We're going to find out. We're going to find out whose superpower is the strongest. We're going to find out who is willing to join the X-Men. I guess that was the... I I could have went other places than X-Men with superpowers, but I went there. 877-337-6666. We still have picks to give out on this Football Friday. Marco and um, Fleegs, unfortunately, are are not going to be here with us today, so I'll give out... Fleegelman still hasn't sent me a text. You're on the clock, Fleegs! But he has rallied back. In the pick numbers, going 5-0 and last week, and I am back in last place. All of us over 500, though, so you might want to check in. And we'll give you the take-a-chance parlay. We'll do all the stuff we do on Football Friday. But we start with Tommy Cutlets, and we talk some baseball as well. Ernie in Connecticut. What's up, Ernie? Good morning. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Back from the days of uh, when it was on 1050. <laughs> oh, Wow. For, and, and way this, back, and so you've you've been listening since the 
uh, birth of the station. This is the first time you're calling at 409. Yeah, like 85 or 86. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. You know what? That's no, that's that's a major compliment that I'm the one who got you to pick up the phone. I'm I'm flattered. And your your knowledge on, on the uh, baseball is awesome. Oh, I really well, thank appreciate you. why I've been listening. It is, it is, it is Yankee hot stove, 4 o'clock every day. Yeah, the uh, they don't call it that for no reason. Do you think that the uh, they'll try to get uh, what's his name from uh, Yamaura to pitch for them, or you think he's going to go to the Mets? What's your y- Yamamoto? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're all trying. I think the Dodgers have crashed the party, and what we thought was going to be a New York block party, it ends up being uh, L.A. crashing it. I know. It. Um, but yes, I think I think good. those are the three teams. <laughs> Uh, John yep. Heyman, who, uh, you know, puts out reports, put out one, and he said mm-hmm. that the most recent that I've read uh, is that he believes that the, it's the Yankees and the Dodgers as the two uh, frontrunners. We've seen reports that the Mets have gotten back into being a frontrunner. I've always felt like the Mets are the frontrunner. They have the most money. Uh, so right. I would think they're going to offer him a big-time contract. They he The owner flew out to Japan to meet him, had lunch with him. Uh, I think the Mets are very much in this thing. I think the Yankees are very much in this thing. And unfortunately, I think the Dodgers, who met, who just introduced Otani yesterday and went and met with Yamamoto, bringing Otani, bringing Mookie Betts, bringing Freddie Freeman, unfortunately, with the Fugazi contract they were able to give out and the money that's on the books, they are very much in the Yamamoto sweepstakes as well. So it's going to come down, and Ernie, thank you very much for the call. It's going to come down to what they want. And, I, yeah, he was meeting with the Phillies yesterday as well. Although I do not consider the Phillies. I know he's met with the Red Sox. I believe he met with the Giants. I don't necessarily consider them threats, but you never know. Uh, but Ken Rosenthal reported, and I, I guess I kind of believe this on some level when the market is this crazy for him and teams are willing to shell out. I mean, it started with like 190, 200 million would be the max. Then it quickly became it could go past 200 million. Then it was 250. Now it's 300 million. It has in, in the course of this month, his value has gone up $100 million. So when it gets to that point where this many teams are in on it, and if you believe Carlos Baerga, and why the hell not, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on board. Uh, he believes that he's reported, Carlos Baerga, who was right. I, I should have looked it up in the break. I know he was right about some story a couple years ago. He nailed some signing or some exact contract. I forget what it was, but he nailed something. Um, and everybody since has taken his word as sort of being a really reliable source. I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. He's reporting that the Yankees on his Instagram page, that the Yankees offered nine years, 300 million. So I think there are going to be $300 million offers on the table. And when the money gets there, it sounds like he's going to pick the situation he wants and then he'll work out the money after. So really, it comes down to a couple things. Does he want to go play with his former teammate, and I'm sure friend, and Shohei Otani and join the big bad Dodgers and try and conquer the world? Or does he want to go to the pinstripes, a franchise we know he's familiar with, he's worn enough Yankee hats, and a team that he's been intrigued by with the, the level of success and the history of the franchise and the pinstripes and the nature that there's really no bigger stage then playoff and World Series baseball, having not seen it in a while, but still, playoff and World Series baseball, the mound at Yankee Stadium is where you want to be if you crave that kind of thing. And a team that obviously is good enough to win with Judge and Soto and and Garrett Cole and do that and take the Yankee money and the prestige. Or do you want to go with the Mets and probably get the biggest money you could work out, become their best player, bar none, 
be their opening day starter and try and bring winning to a franchise that hasn't won since 1986. Those are the the terms. And I would think, and I'm hopeful, that what we heard early on, that we've known for a while, that the, the presence that the Yankees have had in Japan at his games since the beginning of this year, the idea, whether it became a, 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 a nice coincidence or they actually did hold back the number 18, it sounds like that at least was a nice gesture he took as such. Uh, that they have available number 18, which is his number, and a prestigious number inside Japanese baseball. And the idea that we heard from early on, he was intrigued with the Yankees. And I've heard the Yankees talk, and guys who cover the Yankees, like Jack, uh, uh, oh my God, Jack, Jack Curry, thank you, I can't believe his name escaped me. Guys like Jack Curry and different guys around the organization have talked about how positive the Yankees are, that they have a legitimate and great chance to get him. So that's what's going to happen, and that's where we wait for him to pick a team. But I hope it's not the Dodgers. I really do. Val in the Bronx. What's up, Val? Brother Mac, how you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right, man. That was a great rant right there. You know, we need you. When they argue the case in front of MLB, yeah. they need to have that rant right there and play that back for them. Has it been? I mean, the fact that they did the press conference—it means that the Otani contract has been already ratified by the the league. Oh yeah, no, it's not against the rules. There is no, there is no battling it right now. I don't think they have any grounds or any leg to stand on to squash the deal. What they can do is look at it and and see, like they've done with many other rules and many other circumstances in different ways, that it's circumventing the idea of the rule. That despite the fact that it's legal. We didn't account for something like this, and we need to take a look at it. No one expected someone to be willing to, you know, uh, push back ninety percent of their contract and only take two well, I, I and, and push back sixty-eight million of seventy million. I don't think anyone foresaw yeah, this yeah, dramatic yeah. amount of money being pushed back. I got a question for you, as far as they're concerned, though, and it, it doesn't have to do necessarily with Otani right now. It kind of does indirectly. Um, the fact that they're moving on with uh, Glass now, right? Do you think that that's a pivot move or do you think that that's a bolster move? And I say that because, you know, you mentioned something too, like, you know, all yeah. the, the gimmicks they're playing with the, the salary or whatever they're offering him. You said something about how it affects the salary cap. Was it $40 million that you said it's still going to count? I think it's like 46, as as what, 45, $46 million that it's still going to be, that it's going to account so, for. So that being said, when they said the when when Marco gave the update, he's glass now, and them trying to lock him up as well. Yes. Do you think that that's a pivot move? Because I always thought that Yamamoto was like a cornerstone, and all the trades as far as starting pitches or even getting a pitcher was going to take place after he actually made his move. Yeah, I mean. So do you think? Because if they lock up glass now, right? Yeah. They still need, you know, that would mean Yamamoto plus somebody else. Do you think they would still have money for that? If it's if it's still 40 that's counting against them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that a pivot or is that a bolster like we want Glass now and Yamamoto and somebody else? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because think, that might it, mean that they know already that they're out of it and they're already trying to pivot towards something else. I believe he's, yeah, he's, he's, this, uh, he's only on the contract for one year, Glass now, so it's not like you would... Uh, the contract you give him next year will only be uh, taking this year into account. It's not like you have him locked up where you can give him a lesser deal because he's going to take money now and forego if, some if money they... in free agency. No, I'm trying to answer your question. Hold on. I understand your point. Okay. Uh, Val, what I'm saying, and thank you for the call, 
my my thought is is they would not pivot without having. There's no pivot yet. I don't think they would make this deal if it cost them Yamamoto. That would mean they've been told they're out on Yamamoto. They just, they just, they just put in the full court press. There's been links to this even before. Yeah, I mean, they were exactly they were they were linked to uh, Glass now before they even signed Otani. So I don't think this is a pivot. I think this is an ad. Um, and pivot means they just ran a full court press to do everything they could to impress Yamamoto. They brought everybody. They, they uh, Otani came to the meeting. Uh, Betts came to the meeting. You don't do that. Freeman came to the meeting. You don't do all that just to. You know, before Yamamoto makes a decision to pivot, no, they plan on doing this and Yamamoto. My point was, I don't know how much money Glass now takes. Glass now is an excellent starting pitcher, and I believe this year he's going to make twenty-five million. Uh, that's what it says here on on uh, spot um, on Spotrack. I don't know if that's arbitration or he signed a one year deal, he signed a two year deal. Okay, yeah, so he's making 25 million. He's a free re, free agent next year. The guy hasn't really pitched much. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. You know what he is when he is uh, available. He's a, an excellent starting pitcher. But he's going to be 31 off a recent uh Tommy John. I don't know how much money he gets, but it is not enough where they're out on the Yamamoto sweepstakes. You could forget that. There's no shot. Pat in the Bronx. What's up, Pat? Hey, Chris. What's up, buddy? Uh, it kind of bothers me sometimes when you say that the only draw that the Mets would be is money. Um, compared to the other two teams, that that's the only advantage they have. I don't mean to say it's the only draw. I mean they have a decent team. You're right; they won 101 games. They fell in their face last year, but it's it compared to you can't say they have a better team than the Dodgers or the Yankees. You can't say you have. The only advantage they have over the Dodgers and the Yankees is that Steve Cohen can give them more money. Well, I can just rattle off five names. Sure. Uh, Polar Bear, McNeil, Lindor, Nimmo, Alvarez. Five solid slots in the lineup. Do the Yankees have that? The Yankees have Aaron Judge, Juan Soto. Yeah, they have two players. Well, yeah, and, well I mean, and, and, and Rizzo and, and you know. The, Rizzo? Yeah, I mean Rizzo, Rizzo's not a question mark like Monte. Yeah, like every yeah, I mean I guess yeah, Rizzo is a question mark like Monte. Jeff McNeil is a batting champion who didn't hit for average last year, and you well, threw him in there. He certainly hit better than Rizzo uh, because Injo got hurt. Rizzo, Rizzo, you're telling me McNeil's a better player than Anthony Rizzo? He is not. I didn't give you Marte as one of my five players. I understand I that, and and, Alon- and Alonso's not under contract. Oh, I understand that. I mean, and and you gave a ki- and you gave a, a catching prospect who's had one year in Major League Baseball. All right, then how's your catcher and your shortstop doing with one year in Major League not, Baseball? Well, yeah, but I, I, granted, I don't. I, you're trying to make the argument. I'm not. I'm telling you, they have the best baseball player in the world in Aaron Judge, and they have Juan Soto on the team, and they have Garrett Cole who just won the Cy Young. Last year we have the MVP. This year they have the Cy Young. It's like, possible uh, this year uh, we have the, again the best reliever. Well, it's always, in baseball. Yeah, it's any, anything's possible. It's, it's, well, no, it's, we do have the best reliever in baseball, at least as far as well. Years he's ago. coming off a knee surgery. He didn't pitch at all last year. Okay, so you're giving me some question marks. I'm telling you, the Yankees' question marks were evident and visible this year. Yeah, and, and I'm and, I, and I'm and I'm telling you, over the last five years, over the last six years, the Yankees have made the playoffs five times. How many of the Mets? Over the last handful of years, the Yankees have been playing in the playoffs every single year, and the Yankees have 27 championships. I'm not. You're, you're taking it from Pat and the. Bronx, who's a Met fan who watches Mets and Yankees. I'm telling you about a young Japanese kid who realizes that the Yankees are a franchise that are much more prestigious than the New York Mets. You can't see the forest through the trees. It's a different is thing. There's some mis- 
technical fact thing. about the pinstripes that's going to attract this kid to come. He, oh, I've got to go to Yankee Stadium. They've had yeah. such success I, over the last I, I 14 years. I didn't say years. that. I didn't say that. Who's had more success over the last 14 years? The, the Yankees have had more success over the last 14 than years than any other team in baseball, right? No, not the Dodgers, no. Okay. Uh, how, about the, how about the fact that the Mets are a growing product, that, that Steve Cohen sees this as a complete rebuild of the brand, yeah. that the Mets are emerging as possibly a rival to the Yankees in terms of popularity in the, the city and in the country and yeah. in the world? Well, yeah, poss- possibly become a rival. They're not one now. I'm, and I'm not telling you he won't sign there. Or I'm not even. Uh, you're making it sound like I'm crapping on the Mets. It, it is what it is. I'm telling you how he views it. And, 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 and everybody said this. I'm not the one who's told you he's intrigued by the Yankee uh, pinstripes and prowess. That's every reporter under the sun. It is what it is. The Mets are not on the same level as a franchise from a kid, uh, from a guy and a, and a young 25-year-old kid who's played in Japan his whole life. They're not the same. There aren't pictures of him wearing Mets hats. It's not the same thing. Sorry. Hate to burst your bubble. Are you, t- are you want to make an argument who's going to be the better franchise over the next five, six years? We could have a discussion, and I won't even... Uh, you think I'm going to beat my chest and go, the Yankees are way better, no shot. you got no shot. I'm not going to do that. They have, a, they have the richest owner in baseball, and they, have a, a, they just hired one of the more s- smart and sought-after executives in, in the sport. The, I think the Mets are in a damn good place. I'm not telling you different. But right now, in the current circumstance of what they're dealing with, going against the Dodgers and going against the Yankees, the Mets have one clear advantage. The money. And and I heard Sal say this, and I've said it before, because it sounds like he wants to be the guy. He's the ace of the staff with the Mets. He's opening day starter with the Mets. He's not with the Yankees. He probably would. He, there's a good chance he would be with the Dodgers this year. I don't know about moving forward if... if if uh, Shohei Otani comes back to pitch, but he won't be the star of that team. The Mets, he's the guy. I mean, Alonzo's the guy, Lindor's the guy, but he would be the pitching staff's guy. He would be the ace of the staff. He's starting on opening day. He would have to take a, a backseat on that particular thing with Cole. But the Yankees have last year's MVP and this year's Cy Young, and they just added Juan Soto. And whether you want to admit it or not, and you want to have a discussion about where they'll be in the next five years, the Yankees are a more prestigious place to go than the Mets. Sorry. They're the Yankees. I'm not telling you they're a more prestigious place to go than Kansas City. I'm not saying the Royals are better off or the Baltimore Orioles because they are young and talented. It's the Yankees and the Dodgers. It's the two premier franchises in the sport. Don't, get, don't take it so personal there, Pat. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you. When we come back, we'll do picks. I'll still tell you the one more pitch I would give to Yamamoto to try and sell him on the Yankees. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. This football Friday. Let's get to the football picks. I know we typically do it at the 3 o'clock hour. A little late today, but that's all right. No Marco. Marco gave me his picks. Fliegelman did not. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to run him down. 
I feel I think I'm going to see him later uh, today, but I'll tweet him out for you, or he can tweet him out. But Marco, let's give you the standings real quick. Marco is in first place after a one and four week. He is now 44, 24, and two, 20 games over 500. Flegelman, who was floundering for weeks and I was mocking, is now back. Went five and zero last week. He is 36, 31, and three. And now I am in last place at 36, 32, and and two. So he, he has one more tie and one less loss. 36, 2 and 2. He's 36, 31 and 3. I went 2 and 3 last week. But we're going to get back on the horse right now. Marco's quick picks. The leader, again, 20 games over 500. He's taking the 49ers minus 12 and a half in, uh, at the cards, the Chiefs minus 8 and a half against the Patriots, the Bills minus 1 and a half against the Cowboys. And then locally, he's taking the Giants plus the 6 and the Dolphins over the Jets. Minus nine and a half. All right, we'll go. We'll start with the locals there. Uh, obviously, Tommy Cutlets has been the story all week, and I think he's going to play well in this football game. I do. I don't think it's going to end. And plus, mainly, I don't trust this Saints team at all. Derek Carr inside the red zone has been atrocious this year. I liked the Saints in the start of the year. I thought they were going to cakewalk to a division title. I bet they're over. I bet them to win the division. So I've watched a lot of their games. He's awful in the red zone. He makes terrible decisions. And... Their defense is can be run on. You can run on this defense, and I expect Saquon Barkley to have a big game. I expect a low-scoring game. I expect a lot of Saquon Barkley, and I expect this defense to get turnovers on this lousy quarterback. You may even see one in the red zone. He turns the ball over at an alarming rate in the red zone. So give me the Giants plus the six points. Jets, it's nine and a half points is a lot. And right now, I don't know about Hill. I know he he came back and played in that game. I just don't know if he's going to be completely healthy. And we saw what that Miami offense looked like without him. And typically, at home, this is what they do to bad teams. Run up the score, score a ton of points. Two and Hill having unbelievable days. But to blow that game the way they did, if Hill was healthy, I'd be all over this 9.5 points for a pissed-off Dolphins team. But I just don't see it right now without knowing for sure Hill is not only just going to play, but be 100% healthy. Plus, we saw the best of Zach Wilson. And I do think with the pressure being off, they finally found something that clicked with him. I think they're going to lose this game. Nine and a half points as it stands right now is just too many for me. It's just too many. If this were under a touchdown, I'd take take Miami. But nine and a half seems like a lot. Give me the Jets, nine and a half. The other games we get to, the three non-local. I'm going to take the Rams minus six and a half at home against Washington. I just love the way they're trending. I know they lost this game to Baltimore, but Stafford looks great. His connection between these two wide receivers is unbelievable. He threw a pass for a touchdown to Cup in that game last week where he was getting pressure. He just threw it up in the corner of the end zone, and Cup was perfectly timed to run underneath it and catch it. It it looked – it was perfect. For a guy who was getting about to get sacked just threw the ball up in the air, it felt like they know exactly where they're going to be. This offense is in fine tune when this kid is healthy, when this uh, when this quarterback is healthy. I love the way they're trending, and Washington traded away their two best pass rushers. Since then, the defense hasn't been as good, and I just like the way the Rams are going. The number's a little bit bigger than I like, but I still am going to take it. Rams minus 6.5 at home against Washington. Then the number, I, uh, let's get to the Bills first. I'm going to take the Bills home against the Cowboys, minus one and a half. I know the Cowboys have obviously been the toast of football right now. Is this finally the Cowboys' year? This is the time to fade them. I love the way the Bills are playing football right now. I love the way Josh Allen's playing football right now. And honestly, I think they're about plus 250 or something to win the division. That might be a bet I'd look into. I think Josh Allen 
has, and another one is Josh Allen for MVP. Because if they run the table and get into the playoffs and win this division, and he's playing football the way he's playing, I think there's a chance you could see him win this division. Uh, excuse me, win the MVP. And I just I like the way they're trending. And the Cowboys, this is the game to fade them on the road against a very good football team. You know, coming off a bunch of wins, coming off playing well at home. Like eventually, the Cowboys are going to lose a football game. And I think the 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 Bills are desperate. And I like the way they're playing. I love the way the quarterback has played. That play where he has his back to the sideline, avoiding pressure to throw to a man who's covered and throw him open in Murray, even though Murray fumbles it, that's an incredible football play. And Allen's been just tremendous the last few weeks. They looked for a while there where they weren't going to find their footing. I think they found it, and I like them to beat the Cowboys at home. Give me the Bills minus one and a half. And now a number and a game that I'm going to take anyway, but the number smells a little fishy to me. Baltimore is arguably the best team in, in the AFC and the best team in football right now. The number one seed, Jacksonville is not that good and, and Lawrence is hobbled, and the number's only three and a half. I thought this number would be closer to five and a half, six. It scares me that it's only three and a half. It scared me. It has stayed there over the last couple days. Someone's putting money on Jacksonville. I don't see it. I just don't. So I'm going against the, the little bit of a fear that the number gives me. I'm going to take it. Give me Baltimore minus three and a half to just be the better team and beat Jacksonville in a game to try and stay the number one seed in the AFC. So those are my picks. We'll get to the take a chance parlay right at, uh, actually, no, hit it now. Let's play the music now as quickly as we can get to the music. I want to hear it. Play it. Great moments. Uh, you see, it is the one with the clips. That's all right. Are born from great, from opportunity. great opportunity. If you change your mind, take a chance on the first thing in line. Take a chance on the Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. All right, the Take a Chance Parlay. I know I, I, I put a piece together. Fliegelman's not here. I, we just play the music typically because I love the song. Just do it. All right, the Take a Chance Parlay. This is where we take three dogs, parlay them together. I've hit it twice. No one else has come close. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants as my big number, the plus six. I think they have a chance to win this game. Again, I told you, I hate the, I hate the Saints. I don't trust them at all. I don't trust them to score points. I don't trust them in the red zone. Uh, give me the Bucks. At plus one fifty four as a three and a half point dogs in Green Bay, I don't. I thought Love. Not only did did they lose that game after the way they played the previous two, I thought Love looked terrible in the game. And you know what? At the with the three and a half uh, hook, which uh, you know, it just tells me that they they want you to to take the Bucks, and I'm going to go with them. What the hell? I'll take a chance with it. I just think the moxie of the Bucks quarterback. Uh, Baker Mayfield, and I just, you know, once you hit that stride, you lose that game against the Giants, and you start to fade. I don't trust them as much anymore, and I'll take a chance that the Bucks win that game. Plus, the number's good at 154. I don't want to take the Cowboys or anything. You know, I'll take the team uh, with the bigger number, and then I'll take my team that I've been rolling with the last few weeks. I'll take the Bears, plus 2.5 in Cleveland. I know how good that defense has been. In that building, I understand that, but it's still Flacco. I think he's going to come down to earth. He just signed the contract. I just at two and a half uh, and at plus one twenty four. I think the Bucks can win this game. I like the way Fields attacks the run game. I think he could create a problem for that defense, and they've just been trending in the right direction. And I think the Browns have been lucky in the turnover department and the way they played over the last few weeks, despite it being Joe Flacco. I will take the chance and put the Bears in my take a chance parlay. Bucks, Giants, Bears. That's my take a chance parlay. We'll come back after this. We'll take your calls. 
Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Yeah, 444. McMonagle here with you, and we've reached those 15 minutes I saved just for you. We're going to go through the calls rapid fire. I see all you guys. A lot of, I see if I upset you Met fans, apparently. We'll see. Don in Brooklyn, what's up, Don? How you doing? Uh, Good, how I'm a Met fan. I'm doing good. And That's okay. Happy, Not everyone's happy, perfect. Happy, happy birthday. Oh, well, thank you. You're one of the first to wish a happy well, birthday. Well, thank you. Yes, it's coming up um, on Tuesday, the big four. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm a big 7-4, so it's, it's, oh, it's there you a big difference. Okay, That's so I'm a Met thing, fan, man. and I agree with you 100% about what you said to Pat. Yeah. With regards to perception. But number two, I if I am the guy who has between 15 and $20 billion, I make Yamamoto the wealthiest, biggest contract ever. Yeah. $45 million a year, 10 years, $25 million million a year in pay. Right. And $20 million deferred. Deferred, yeah, yeah. Um, See, now here's the thing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And the last thing, and I'll listen to you, what you have to say. The last thing is uh, uh, Jones does not get traded or cut before June of 2025 because of the cap. Right. I agree. Okay, so I, I would like to hear what you said about forty-five million. Yeah, I mean, million. listen, that, but that in the Bobby Benny, in the Bobby. Yeah, Bobby yeah, it, that's what. It, and Don, thank you for the call. That that's to me, like the point I was trying to make before. Even if like money isn't the most important to him, like once, like if he's comfortable once he gets like to three hundred million with every team, and he knows that any one of these teams is going to pay him three hundred million, and that's his number. And then he wants to just choose the best place for him. I can understand that. And that's it sounds like that's the way it's going to go. But my point was, even if money isn't the most important thing, even if, you know, going from 300 to 320 isn't in his, you know, that important of a thing for him or going even to 340 or whatever, like if it's if it's 300 and I'm OK, you do that. How how does he say no? How does he say no to to? 400 how does he say no to 100 plus million dollars more now is that good sense is that good baseball is that the best way to run a team i don't know probably not but that's what the fan base kind of expects maybe not that exact number but the fan base expects you to go out there and get him this is the one player they've designed to be a part of their team this entire offseason everything else is just oh yeah we'll throw you know one year contract at Luis Severino. All right, we'll bring in Wendell. Maybe he can help in the third base mix, especially now that Mauricio went down. Uh, you know, we'll bring in some relievers. We'll figure something out. May, maybe get a right-handed bat. I, I don't know how much we want to invest in that necessarily, but I could see oh, we're open to doing something like that. That's how they've handled this offseason. It's been go get Yamamoto, and then we'll figure out the rest of it. You can't treat the offseason like that and then sell the fans with, well, listen, we did offer we offered $10 million more than the next guy. Like, that's not enough. It's just not enough. And I know I was watching uh, Baseball Night in New York with Sal, and I think he had uh, Ron Darling on. And Ron Darling kind of said that, that the expectation's too much. The fan base expects him to get every single free agent. Uh, you know, all you can do is offer a, a, um, a competitive offer. Like, no. No. And it's not every free agent. This is the one free agent. If you got Otani, nobody would be saying, oh, my God, you got to go get Yamamoto. If they traded for Juan Soto, I don't think everybody would say, oh, my God, you go got it. You have to go get Yamamoto. There's like, we understand. This is the one guy they've said we want to go get. The one of the entire offseason. So I'm sorry. 
that if if you, if the news is he signs with the Dodgers for ten years, three hundred million dollars, and then the news comes out, well, the Yankees offered him, uh, the, excuse me, the Mets offered him three for ten for three fifteen. You think that's going to pacify the fans that you offered $15 million more money? Well, I mean, look, they offered them the most money. What can you do? I don't think the fans will be happy with that. I think the fans are going to say, why not 350 Why not 360 What's the difference? Get the player. Duke and Edison. What's up, Dukey? Hey, uh, how you doing, Chris? Good. How are you? All right. Uh, I'm a diehard Mets fan, and I agree with you. They really need him. I go back to Seaver days, and... I really think that the that uh, the Mets need him very bad. I'm sorry, Duke. You guy, I missed you there. That last thing I was talking to my producer. I was oh, talking to What's up? Oh, I, I'm a diehard Mets fan. I go back to Seaver days, and uh, I'm really saying that we need Alamato. We need him bad. What do you think? Yeah, no. Listen, you need Yamamoto. You need another pitcher in this rotation. This rotation is not good enough to compete. Not in that division. Not with the Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. It's just not. We all, I mean, they need Yamamoto. They designated that that's the guy they need. They flew, they flew around the world to go, to go convince him to be a Met. And all I'm, listen, if they, if they offer him $380 million and he says no, he'd rather take $300 million to be a Yankee or a Dodger, then, yeah, I mean, there is some level of uh, what, what can you do. But don't, I don't want to just hear, well, hey, listen, they offered him $10 million more. They offered him three ten, and he signed for three hundred. What are you going to do? No, you could do better than that. And this is the one guy you designated to go win. And honestly, it takes into question, Steve Cohen is still the guy. He's still happy as a Met fan that Steve Cohen's your owner. You still believe he's willing to spend money. He put the biggest payroll in the history of the sport last year. He's done a lot for this team. He's changed the narrative around this team, going out and get Max Scherzer, Verlander. Those are guys who never would have pitched for the Mets before. Never. But as Sal calls him, King Cohen, Uncle Steve, that takes a hit. It takes a hit if he loses out. On Yamamoto, there's no way around it. It just does. Doesn't mean he can't build it back up, going to pay, giving Juan Soto $600 million next year to steal him from the Yankees. King King Cohen's back on. But right now, it would take a hit if the one guy they target in the offseason leaves and they didn't blow him out of the water with an offer. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, let's breeze through these phone calls. You've made them. I don't want to leave you hanging before the show ends. So let's get to it. Eric and Ron Conkham, what's up, Eric? Yeah, hey, c Mac. I was going to make a uh, take a chance parlay comment, but I'll I'll save that for next time. You got um, it. But but uh, you know, look, and, and I agree with you too as far as the Met thing. You know, I mean, look, I love Pat from the Bronx as a as a caller, being a fellow Met fan. Sure. Um, you know, I have forty five years I've rooted for this team, and, and I talk to the guys like Hector and Randy from Queens and. And amongst ourselves, and we keep saying the same thing, you know, the, the you know, yes, the, the Mets have the ability to throw tons of money out there, loads of money. But, you know, how often do you hear, and I hate to say this as a Mets fan, how often do you hear someone come right out, though, and say, the, the Mets are the team I've always wanted to go to when it didn't involve money? Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and the thing is, if they, if they don't get Yamamoto, and I really hope they do, but I have a feeling they're not, you know, then then the aura of Cohen. I agree. As much as I, you know, the the aura of Cohen being able to bring anybody here that he wants because of money. Yep. You know, is forever gone. You know, even even if he is able to get Soto next year, you know, just just the fact that you know something like this will will 
hurt that reputation. And it's not it has nothing to do with Cohen. Yeah. It just means that it's not a factor anymore when it comes to people deciding to come to the team. Yeah, no, listen, I I understand, Eric, and I agree. It takes a hit. I do think he could build it back, but it takes a hit right now. Um, if they don't get Yamamoto when it's the one guy they targeted. That's the thing. Like if they went out and got three or four guys and they said, We're all in, like they've said the last handful of years, and they went out and traded for glass now, or they went out and got like a handful of players, and Yamamoto was one of them, and they fell short on Yamamoto. You go, okay, look, they can't get everybody. He's the one guy they've targeted. He's the one guy. And typically, if you give the most money, you get the player. We'll see. But if you're, if we're learning that that doesn't matter, that guys realize they can make their money anywhere, and it's it's, it's about the the situation. I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this, but especially from I would imagine someone coming from Japan. The Yankees are a bigger attraction. I'm, I'm not trying to put the Mets down. I'm really not. It's just obvious. John Freehold, what's up, John? Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you? Chris, did I hear you correctly? You said Josh Allen is an MVP candidate this year? Correct. Chris, I know you wear glasses. Man. Yes. You need to you need to get a checkup, my friend. Yeah, if he if he if he wins here. out, he's absolutely terrible. All year, if he Chris. wins, he's he he has a chance to lead Chris. the league in touchdowns. He has a chance. Chris. Yes, Chris. I, yes. Chris, this was supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team. They have a and if they win record. the division, he's what's stopping them from being that? He's thrown a ton of interceptions. Yes, he's committed a ton of fumbles. Okay, he's he's taken a ton of terrible sacks throughout the year. And they were and the they were the candidates. The candidates are Dak Pros- the the candidates are Dak Prescott and right. and Brock Purdy. Uh, it's not like Patrick Mahomes well, is the guy a, he's got to beat that out. That makes a whole lot more sense than, than what you're saying with Josh Allen, Chris. Now, they should have been buried and put and, and put to rest but a they're week not. ago in that Kansas City And if he game, goes out and wins out and his... wins the division and comes from Chris. behind and wins the division and leads the NFL in touchdown passes, I'm just telling you it's Chris. worth taking a chance at plus Chris. money. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm saying he's got a chance. If the Cowboys it, falter it, it, and lose to the Bills and lose to the Dolphins and Brock Purdy uh, and uh, you know Christian McCaffrey goes nuts over the next few weeks, he's got two Hall of Famers. Like there's a chance Josh Allen bringing the Bills back from the dead, leading the league in the in, in touchdown passes, could be in the mix for the MVP. Chris, if Tony didn't have his head up his rear end last week, they, they're buried. They're yeah. resting in peace right now. I, and that's they're not. This week. But they're not. They're not. And, yeah, of course, if that's what happens this week, then we're not having a discussion. If the Cowboys go in there and beat him by two touchdowns, then then that's over. And if you've listened to me and put a little money on him at, at good odds to win the MVP, you just lost it. Agreed. I'm just telling you there's a chance. I think Josh Allen's a big name. I think Josh Allen, when you watch him play, watch him play last week. I understand that an offsides cost him the win. He would have lost the game if, if Tony stood three inches further back. I understand that. Did you see the plays he made? You see how he's playing football? If he brings this team back from the dead and beats out the 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 Miami Dolphins for the division, and he has a chance to lead the league in, in, in touchdown passes, he's got a chance at the MVP. I'm not telling you he's going to win it. I'm saying it's worth the risk. Eddie and Rockland, what's up, Eddie? Hey, Chris. You know, it's time to draw the line in the sand, you know, with these Jet fans. It was Super Bowl. It's uh, 85 Bears. It's Jet Life Stadium. After this week, if the Jets lose and the Giants win, are you willing to say, I'm willing to say Am that I the Giants are a better team and and Danny DeVito's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson? Uh, are you prepared yeah. to lay that down? Yes. That, that, any more brain busters? Yeah, I am. Absolutely. Why wouldn't I be willing to say that? 
I mean, a better overall roster? I don't know. I think the Jets probably have a better overall roster. But unfortunately, the quarterback means so damn much to the team that, yeah, if they win this game and take a better record uh, and, and, and win four games in a row and are still alive and DeVito wins another game, I've never thought that highly of Zach Wilson as a quarterback. I think he's talented. If they had a throwing competition, I think Zach Wilson would win it. But unfortunately, that's not just the only aspect of being a quarterback. So, yeah, if they win this game and DeVito plays well, am I willing to say the Giants are better than the Jets? Yeah, I'll make that stand with you. Give me the soapbox. I'll stand on it. E. Frank and Astoria. What's up, E. Frank? Yeah, what's up, uh, C-Mac? What's uh, up? I just want to propose something to you. Real quick. Hurry up. Yeah. You know, uh, with the season at the end uh, of its line now, I would just like to say, do you think the New York Jets can actually squeak in the last wild card? No, I do not. Thank you, E. Frank. I'm sorry, but we're up against it. No, I do not. Even if they win out, the odds aren't they're going to make it. So, no, unfortunately, I don't. But I think Sunday could be fun. And if you win, does that? here's the question for the Jets for me that I find hilarious. Is there a chance Zach Wilson plays well enough to be benched again? Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Colton on the other side. You're the man. Everybody, enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. And let's go. I can't be happier for the death of Tommy Cutlets. One way or another, we're going to watch some good football this weekend. Take care. I'll see you Monday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.